You're listening to Homecoming Podcast with your hosts, Shay Pounds and Isis Rose. The purpose of this podcast is to feature black home birth stories and to broadcast how we birth in love. Building community through conversation, we discuss black birthers and black birth workers who support out-of-hospital birth, the midwifery model of care, and birth as a revolutionary praxis. Thank you for joining us this week, and welcome home. I really enjoyed interviewing Shayla and Isaiah, and I believe both of them bring a very unique and important perspective to this conversation about birth justice, home birth, and birthing black families in love. Shayla cites a statistic that I'm sure many of you have heard or are familiar with, and that is black women are three to four times more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes than white women. And women in southern states have a even greater risk of pregnancy-related death than women in most other parts of the country. Shayla and many others, including many of you listeners, I'm sure, recognize that we need to take birth back. A lot of these deaths and illnesses related to birth and pregnancy are preventable. And the United States could actually avoid about 40% of maternal deaths if all women, regardless of age, race, and zip code, had access to quality health care. In addition to access, we need to recognize that birth is a human right, and we need to be able to support birth that happens wherever women and birthing people choose to give birth. Here's our conversation. Today we have Shayla and Isaiah on the line. Thank you so much for joining us today at Homecoming Podcast. Would you two please introduce yourselves? Sure. I'm Shayla Bryant, and I am originally from Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I live in Atlanta, Georgia now with my husband and my um, two children that we had together, and I also have a bonus daughter that's 12. And... um, I am a certified school counselor, and I've also worked in the mental health field for over 10 years. My name is Isaiah Bryan, and uh, I'm born and raised here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I have three beautiful children. Um, me and my wife have been married for seven years. Uh, right now, I currently work at uh, U.S. Foods, and um, I'm active uh, in physical training and uh, different elements of, of, of fitness and wellness. You have three daughters, and the youngest two you planned to have at home. Can you tell me about your decision to birth at home? Absolutely. Um, before I even decided to have children, I always wanted to have this natural birth. I don't know what motivated me. I've never seen it before. My mother did not give natural birth at home. She gave natural birth in the hospital, but not at home. So it was nothing that I witnessed before. Um, So I don't know what was in me to say, you know what, when I have children, I want to have a natural home birth. This is what I want. And I want to breastfeed. I want it natural. So I can't really say what that was that decided that where I just decided to say, you know what, I want to do this naturally. It just was something that I always wanted. I always wanted to try to change my lifestyle and eat right, um, have a healthy living lifestyle. I just always wanted that. Um, so, and once I got pregnant, that was hands down. That was our choice and what we were going to do. I never even thought about envisioning myself being inside of the hospital. I've been in hospitals and saw my friends give birth and other things like that, but it was nothing that drew me away from it. It was just something that I just wanted for myself. And luckily I have a supportive husband that was willing to go that route with me. Never once he said, what are you tripping? Are you okay? Like what's going on? Why don't you want to go into the hospital? That's the safest place. Nothing. He was like, all right, baby, let's do it. And so that's what we were just, and rolled with that. (laughs) That's so great because that was my next question for Isaiah. (laughs) You know, was he always on, were you always on board with with the home birth? Uh, Yeah, I was always on board. Um, You know, that opportunity came at a a great time in my life uh, since I had my 12-year-old daughter. Uh, You know, um, I did it, I experienced that the traditional way, but with the home birth, it came with a lot of me growing as a person as well. 
uh, consciously is about, um, about about our culture as black people, you know, learning different things of of what we're capable of doing, you know, how strong and powerful we really are. So it just caught me at a great time. So it was a great opportunity at a great time. So when my wife presented it to me, it, it all fell in line. It was it was really timing for me. So I really need I really didn't even have a thought to even think not to do it. If anything, it liberated me to to go forward with other things uh, of a natural perspective, not just the pregnancy, but uh, so it worked out good for us. Wow, it okay. really did. And everything lined up for us. Once, once we said this is what we're gonna do, it lined up for us. Prior to finding our midwife, everything connected the way it needed to connect. And of course, there's nothing but God to do that. Because before we even had her, we, just, we were married five years before we even had our first child together. And of course, we were trying before that. So I was going through things in my head thinking, can I even have children? What's going on with my body? First, you start to think that as a woman. And so when it happened, it was like, wow, hmm. she came at the right time. And my body is made for this. I can do this. And so it was no other way but to have her naturally. That's that's awesome. That's a blessing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Can you can you talk more about finding a midwife and what that process was like for you? Um, sure. So um, my midwife, um, she she she's amazing. Um, she travels around to different states with family, so that's how amazing she is. She's not just a local midwife here in Atlanta. Um. I actually found her through my cousin that had a emergency situation that happened to her and she got some healing because she's also a holistic person. Um, she herbalist, she does a plethora of things. And once I saw my husband, excuse me, my cousin, once I saw the healing that the doctor did on her, she had an incident where she was burned on her face and when I saw my cousin's face, it looked she had she did not take any skin graft, did not go to the hospital at all. Once I saw her face, it was amazing. Like you cannot tell that anything happened to her skin on her face. And so, you're saying the midwife healed her face? My hit my midwife did yes because oh. she did some holistic yeah she does like holistic type treatment. Um, and so she had made this juice for her to heal her skin and bring the cells back into her skin oh. instead of taking skin grafts and putting it, you know, from a leg to your face, things like that. Cause that's what she needed. Hmm. Um, she couldn't open her eyes. She couldn't open her mouth, anything. She was burned that bad from, she was cooking food and um, no, she was boiling. I think putting the egg in the microwave. She was rushing, stay at home mom rushing and she was getting things together with her girls. And she put her face up to the egg because she thought she heard it like kind of searing and it exploded in her face. Hmm. And so when she got introduced to the midwife, who also is a holistic healer, that's when she decided to, okay, I'm not going to the hospital. Her husband is, did not believe in going to the hospitals either. Um, but if she did, they would have taken skin grafts. So she took, she took this juice, this, Herb, this juice that she was drinking and drunk it a few times and you know did a few months of treatment and her skin does not look like it's been burned at all and so I was like oh wow I need to talk to her because <laughs> she was also a midwife and we knew that we wanted to go this natural birthing route I knew knew nothing about finding midwives didn't google search nothing and so once it was time contacted her and she was, she actually was like, you know what? The parents do not choose the midwife. The child chooses the midwife, the baby chooses. So you'll find out, you'll know if you want to work with me or not. And that just kind of blew me away. And I was like, you know what? This is the person that we need to be having to go through this journey with us. And so that's how I found, long story short, that's how I found our midwife through my cousin. Wow. That is an incredible <laughs> story. <laughs> yeah. And she's amazing. Like, she's true. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I was not prepared to hear that story. That's amazing. I've never heard of anything like that before. 
Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yep. She's like our family member. And that's what I, that's what I loved about the whole process. Cause we didn't know what we were getting into. Mm-hmm. This was our first, we knew what we wanted. We knew we wanted a natural birth, but mm-hmm. knew I didn't want any medication or anything in my body, but we did not know the whole process of getting into this whole journey. Mm-hmm. It was so much more, so much deeper. It's spiritual. And mm-hmm. we didn't know that. Our midwife is literally like a family member to us. It's like she's a part of our life. She gave birth to one of our miracle, to our, both of our miracle babies. Like they are our blessings. And she's just like, you know, we, we, we use her. We call her on just random things. She's like a grandmother. My midwife is 69 years old. She will be 70 years old next year, by the way. <laughs> and wow. still kicking and moving as if she was in her 20s. She has nine children, birthed all of her nine children at home. So to get like a resume like that is like, oh yeah, you the truth. Just to clarify, she is a black woman, correct? She is a black woman. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that there's, you know, we, we, we accept all kinds of midwives here, but I just wanted to highlight the brilliance of a black woman, you know? Yes. And we wouldn't have it no other way. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, so we 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 pick her brain just on her knowledge and things like that, and so yeah, it's it's deeper than than what we think. So this whole process has been amazing for us. Did you did you also? So you had you had a, a midwife from from conception to the end of your pregnancy, right? But did you also? Um, well, I'm making an assumption. <laughs> I guess my question is, did you ever? go to the hospital or have prenatal care from a physician or, or OB? Um, I've, only time I went to a hospital is to pretty much confirm that I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because my midwife was like, you didn't even need to do that because you already knew that. So she's trying to help me kind of be in tune with my soul, with my body and my you know, spiritual self. Mm-hmm. To be confident as a woman, knowing your body, you knew you were pregnant. Why did you need to go to the doctors to find out if you were pregnant when you already knew you were? Mm. That's such a great point because I did the same thing, and I'm sure most people do. <laughs> <laughs> right, especially with your first pregnancy. You want to just, I just want to know. I just want to confirm. Mm-hmm. I just want to see, you know. I need a second opinion. Wow. So you didn't get, you didn't get any ultrasounds or anything like that? I did get an ultrasound, yes, to confirm. So we can just see that, that we did have a baby there and to see what the sex of the baby was later on. Mm-hmm. She's, um, she actually, she's, she's against the ultrasounds because of the radiation. However, once um, with my first child at, I think, 28 weeks, she did recommend a place to go see because we decided to, that we wanted to know what the sex of the baby was. And so she recommended us to go to a place to go get an ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I do want to talk about, you know, your most recent home birth. I want to I want to also see what your experience of pregnancy was like with both of your daughters because I know that each pregnancy can be different and so I was wondering if you could kind of compare and contrast just carrying Absolutely. <laughs> so it's like night and day with my first pregnancy it was a breeze no sickness I might have maybe through vomited one time when my husband was cooking something. I think it was a garlic smell that was really too strong. And that was the only time. Other than that, I was mobile, moving around, exercising and doing all kinds of stuff. With the second pregnancy, oh my goodness, I was so sick. And everybody around me that experienced my first pregnancy with me was like, what's going on? What's wrong? They were kind of comparing the first one, thinking that it was supposed to be the same, thinking I was kind of playing games and kind of soaking it in. I'm like, I really don't feel good. I'm pregnant, guys. I'm pregnant. (laughs) I don't feel good. She had me over the toilet over and over. I would not keep anything down. 
after a while, it subsided and I was feeling much better. But otherwise, I was nauseous. I was throwing up all kinds of everything. She could not let me keep anything down. So it was totally different. Mm. <laughs> and then once it did subside, that's when I started to get my workout in. And um, I did some uh, comedic yoga with both of them, um, comedic yoga for um, pregnancy. And um, my first pregnancy, I did both comedic yoga and belly dancing, but this time I just did comedic yoga. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. I never did <laughs> yoga. That sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's pretty much the yoga dating back into our ancestral, pretty much um, back to Kemet. <laughs> to Egypt, you know, Kemet, so going back to using those those formations that they've used um, mm. to heal our body and to meditate. Say, And so instead of like, you know, how you hear the term downward dog or something like that, it's, we would use, they would use the term pyramid, you know, put your body in the form of a pyramid or, um, yeah, things like that. Hmm. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So did you did you tell your family and friends that you were having a home birth and what were their reactions to that news? Um some of my family um and friends my family was all for it actually they were excited and they since they didn't experience that they wanted to be all in and very supportive of us. Um and some of my friends too. Um the only thing the only kind of like feedback I got was like Oh my goodness, you're not going to have any medication? You're not doing the epidural? So that was like <laughs> one of the questions that I kept hearing over and over again. Like, no pain, no medication? Oh my gosh, I can't do that. And I was encouraging them, yes, you can. Our body is made for this. We can do this. Mm. And then when I did it, it's like, okay, see, if I can do it, you can do this too. Oh no, girl, you're good. You handle that. It's for you. I'm good. I need the epidural. <laughs> So that was the only reaction, but everybody else was really supportive. Isaiah, did you, did you have like other, did you talk to like other fathers or did you have like, I don't know. I don't know if men talk about this kind of stuff, but <laughs> did you have a moment where you were talking to your friends about home birth? Yeah, I did. Um, I didn't know anybody else that had experience in my circle, but all my friends were like, they were overly excited, you know, um, because uh, I've been blessed that a lot of my friends, they want to be married. And uh, so, and they're single, but everything that I have to say about my marriage, they're very, you know, uh, into what I have to say. And um, they ask me a lot of questions. So when I came in with the natural birth, it was um, it was very uh, exciting for them. So they asked me a bunch of questions about my emotions, about my feelings and different things of that nature. So... It was it was an exciting time for us, for me as well. You know, uh, I know Shayla was having a baby, but it was an exciting time for me because I got to see my wife perform uh, the way she did without the 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 overhead of that feeling we have that we need to go to the hospital for everything and just trusting and believing who we are, that women have been giving birth to children for centuries, way before any institution. Uh, going back to that spirit, it was it was a very uplifting. So I was able to express that with a lot of my friends and family, and they was very very supportive. We had a few people that was kind of iffy, but we understood where it was coming from because we all been you know conditioned to think a certain way or believe a certain way. So we understood it, but it never took me off my track. Um, it was just an exciting time for me mm-hmm. to express those things. My family was very excited. And I got a lot of friends that's interested in it once they have um, their children. So you know it was cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I I appreciate that. I think um yeah. I think you you definitely were correct in your acknowledgement that women, yes, have been doing this since the beginning of time. <laughs> since the beginning of human time, I guess, depending on your perspective. Yeah, yeah I mean, women have been doing this for centuries and um I'm glad that you I'm glad that you're serving as kind of a mentor to your friends. Um Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of assumptions about men and young men, especially not wanting to be married and not wanting to build families. But 
I know, and I'm sure that you both can attest to the fact that that's not true. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that you both decided to join me today in this conversation, because I do think that having fathers um, a part of this natural birth uh, conversation is really important. So just wanted to um, yeah. thank you for that. Well, no problem. It really, um, it, it, um, it makes you feel successful in a different way. Because like when you go back to the roots of anything, I don't care if it's small or little, small or big, it's, it brings you to a point of realizing that, man, wow, there's a whole history, a whole education that we was not, that we did not have. You know what I mean? And when you start going back to those things, now I'm starting to look at myself as being prosperous in a different way and not just measuring it off of money and a big house and a car. I'm looking at it like I have a wife with a healthy womb. I have a wife that can perform these things. I have healthy children. I've been charged to, as a black man in this country, young, 33 years old, I've been charged to, to, to take care of a family. Those are things I felt like in the past that we, was, we would thrive for. You know what I mean? And I feel privileged to have the opportunity to be able to um, build my family. Um, and, and I have black friends who wants to do the same. And I know we, you know, the stereotypes out there about us as, as black people, about this and that. But there's a lot of people that want to do a lot of good. And I, I think that is a, a, really a silent majority that really wants to build families. But it, it's just so many things in society that tells us what is worth value. And I'm learning that everything I have now is very, very, very prosperous and very wealthy with what I have because I have a wife and a loving wife at that and, and beautiful children that are healthy and are growing up appreciating themselves. So uh, I'm thankful, real thankful. So mm -hmm. that's another thing. It changes your perspective about your success. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then as a woman, you go through um, a natural birth it's like empowering, very liberating and empowering. It's like nothing, what can you not do now? <laughs> you know, it builds your confidence. It really does. That's a great point. That's a great point, yeah. You start to change your perspective on certain things too. Yeah, you apply it. Yeah, once you apply it, like she said, you, you, you're she gave birth naturally and it's hard to not take that process into every aspect of your life it's like okay well i'm gonna wear my hair natural or oh, i'm gonna do this natural or oh, i'm gonna do you know you just start to, to it opens you up mm -hmm. and and yeah you're not going to do everything overnight cold turkey but at least gives you it plants the seed of a consciousness that you're not just robotic anymore you, you're actually thinking about everything and, and what you can do to change things around you gives you a confidence that you just can't explain just because I didn't give the birth doesn't mean I don't have the confidence like I see my wife pushing it out she gives me confidence I was so empowered especially with the last our last child I was born three weeks ago my wife she was so it was it was she was so beautiful she breathed her out it was no struggle I was just so proud of her and how she handled herself throughout the pregnancy that it gave me it just gave me power yeah. and that union between a man and a woman is uh it's powerful and um, it, it's just a great thing to have with the society we live in that's really trying to um, come between a man and a woman and, and, and just what they bring to the table to each other. We need each other. You hear all this talk about, oh, I don't need a man. I don't need, I'll tell you right now from a man, I need a woman, period. I need a woman. It's no shame. I need a woman, period. And I have one. So it, it, it's a beautiful thing. Okay, Dad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's great I mean everything you both said is just so powerful and so beautiful and I need a black woman that put emphasis on it <laughs> yeah a black woman yeah, exactly yeah, black woman. hey we all need black women as far as I'm concerned mm -hmm. yeah. yeah we do that's awesome and going back to what Isaiah said about making a conscious decision about certain things. After I had Maya, I made a conscious decision to eat differently. I've always wanted to eat differently and have a different eating lifestyle. And this was my opportunity to do that. So she was my major motivation to change the way I, what I put in my body. 
and I didn't and knew that I was going to be breastfeeding, I didn't want to transfer that to my child. Um, when I was pregnant with her, I ate all kinds of stuff, meat, everything. When I went cold turkey, once I gave birth to her, over and done with. And so it's been two years since I haven't ate meat. I mean, sometimes I indulge in, in fish, um, certain fish, not all, but I can eventually see myself doing away with that as well. But I just made a conscious decision to change my eating lifestyle. And it, 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 it has been amazing for me since. I, I feel different. I feel good. And I'm glad that I can raise my children to eat that way as well. That's really cool, you know, and it, it makes me think too about how, especially when you're pregnant with your first child or the first child that you're giving birth to, um, people have a lot of, there's, you always get a lot of feedback, right? People have a lot to say about children and how children are going to, you know, they're going to ruin your love life. They're going, you're not going to get any more sleep. Yeah. And they kind of, they, they, um, they, they enter these conversations through the lens of children are just going to take and take and take and, but no one ever tells you what children add to your life, you know? And so I feel like you've, you've both expressed exactly that, you know, children, they add so much to your life. And if, if nothing else, your desire to change, you know, who you are, not only for, for them, but for yourself. And um, I just think there's something really powerful about having children in terms of just, you know, changing your life. And you did it on the, on the drop of a dime. You said you went cold turkey and not ate, and you, you decided not to eat any meat, like, <laughs> and so you just didn't, <laughs> you know? And I don't think people fully understand that when you, when you raise children, it's not about what they take from you. It's, it's about what you both gain from that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's really beautiful that you were able to make these decisions consciously and without any sort of like bitterness or resentment or sense of obligation, you know? Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So can you tell me, can you tell me about the kinds of things that you did to prepare for your home birth? Um, So for this home birth, we had to purchase a birth kit and um, speaking of birthing kids, I do have a small business that I started in 2016, right after I had my first child, Malawi's house. Um, her name is Maya Malawi, so I named it after her. And I decided to start this business because of the experience that I had. Um, I needed to, a birthing kit, um, the postpartum treatment. I was like, well, I can do this too. So I started to sell birth kits and supplies to families that are wanting this natural birthing experience as well. So to answer your question, we had to, um, to help me prepare for it was the exercise, the comedic yoga, the positive affirmations that I had to say daily um, that I still use to this day because can, you can use them for your life um, in general, not just during that time. But and then also the belly dancing helped me kind of prepare for um, giving birth to, um, you know, to exercise my, my ligaments inside so the birthing wouldn't be so intense. Do you mind sharing, Shayla, uh, do you mind sharing your birth affirmations? Yes, sure. I don't mind. Um, so there's affirmations that you would say with the um comedic yoga and then my midwife also made additional affirmations for me so here are some of the affirmations that she shared with that she made for me i trust my inner wisdom i trust my tuition i am a link in the endless chain of birthing i am whole and at peace i feel the nourished life force energy I listen to my body and respond accordingly. I live my life in truth, guided by the wisdom of my aunt and aset. I have an open heart. I send healing energy to my baby. I trust my body and my body was made for this. I ask and receive exactly what I need. I have everything I need. I am at peace. 
I desire foods that move me and support my health. I can handle whatever comes up. Access your ancestors' wisdom. My womb is filled with love. I breathe and eliminate tension. My mind is relaxed. My body is relaxed. I am a wonderful mother. My body becomes stronger and more flexible every day. My baby feels my love and reassurance and knows that all is well. The tissue in my birth path is completely healthy and safe. I trust my baby to know exactly how and when to be born. I am secure and so is my, my baby. Visualize your baby relaxing. I trust my inner wisdom. Birth comes easily to me. My belly is full of light and love. My baby moves gently along its journey. I see my womb and Yoni hugging my baby, guiding him or her down gently into being. Make an attention of relaxing through your labor. My baby is positioned perfectly for a smooth and easy birth. My baby is safe. My baby loves to breastfeed. And I think that was um, the other ones that I have. I posted some of them around the house. And um, I have like this chandelier in my dining room area. It's like an open space. And so I hung all those affirmations that I just read. I hung them up because I wanted to have them around the house just to have that energy around. And I knew that was going to be the place where I had the birth. So once I was having that, um, that birth, I can see some of my affirmations to remind myself I can do this. I breathe to eliminate tension. My body is made for this. You know, just kind of motivating myself in the actual labor. And so with my first pregnancy, going through that labor, I did not think of any type of affirmations at all. They went out the window. <laughs> okay? With this one, I intentionally made a choice to focus on those affirmations, to focus on that. Um, kind of taking control a little bit and focusing on, I can do this. My body is made for this. Breathing through those contractions instead of, ah, hollering. Because <laughs> that's what you want to do, of course. But just breathing through them, taking more control of your mind at that time and your body. And so Seeing those affirmations and then also having my husband there for support and my midwife and her assistant there and them reminding me to just breathe. You're doing good, Shayla. You're doing good. Just breathe through it. Just breathe. You're doing good. Good breathing. Breathe to eliminate tension. They were kind of reading the affirmations to me again as well. But it was just good to have that energy around me. It was just so peaceful. I couldn't have it any other way. My first labor was 36 hours. This one was eight hours. I will take this eight hours any day. <laughs> I, was, I felt like I was more mature in the process now. So it was a different experience for me. And we were so ready for this process. We could not wait for it. We were so excited. It was a little anxiety there because you didn't know what to expect still. But it was just, it was exciting because we both were doing this together. We were supporting each other. And it was amazing, amazing experience. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really like the affirmations that you shared. And I really like that you decorated your birthing space with affirmations. Trusting your midwife's um, affirmations and, and writing your own and, and relying on the yoga, you know, it just sounds like they were all kind of working in sync. And so um, thank you for sharing that. Welcome. So before we jump into your birth story, is there anything else about your pregnancies or your um, preparing for home birth that you want to share? You know, the preparation is actually kind of exciting as, as well, because everything you've been asked to get, um, you can use yourself. <laughs> so it's 
it's the whole experience is a healing part. It's 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 awesome because you get a chance to uh, educate yourself about certain things about the body and how it responds. Um, especially vaccinations. Um, taking that approach and not getting our children vaccinated. Uh, it forces you to educate yourself on top of education on top of education. You just it's a it's just a revolving cycle that continues to go because. Um, when you're building up to it, like my wife alluded to earlier, you still have a little bit of anxiety, uh, only because it's natural, because the don't know, the, the not knowing sometimes just brings that automatically. But as you continue to move and grow confident in what you want for your child, the experience and get prepared for it, it it's very exciting because you realize also you don't need as much as you think you need. You know, it really just comes down to you and your belief and your affirmations and because really that those affirmations are bigger than just speaking them they actually you're putting provisions for your behavior and how you're going to act and how you're going to uh respond and all that good stuff and it's really a sacred moment it really is mm-hmm. it really is you know so you start to just you know really understand that the whole process and preparing for it is sacred certain things that you don't do certain music you don't listen to uh, it just comes to you. It, it, it's not like you make that conscious decision from the time you find out you're pregnant. You just start getting new ideas to become more sacred as you get further along in the pregnancy. And so that's where the preparation is. It, it gets a little, it's very exciting, actually. So um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, a two part thing. My wife is actually giving the birth, but we're working together. In every aspect, I need her just as much as she needs me in terms of the support. We're supporting each other. We're giving birth together. And we just got different roles in, in that process. So uh, preparing is exciting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just, I love, I love how you respond to these questions. It's so like, Matter of fact, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, of course, preparing is is beautiful and awesome and sacred. And I don't know. I just, I just love your. Uh, I'm answering them because I'm thankful for the opportunity, and I'm answering them as. Yeah, you sound you sound really grateful and and appreciative. I was gonna say like it's making me reflect on my own experience, and I'm getting like a little misty eyed. Like, yeah, it is sacred. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, and that's that's and that's the process that me and my wife talked about. I told her when she first mentioned it to me yesterday, I was like, "Wow, that's exciting," you know what I mean? Because you know, I know my brothers out there need a male perspective, you know what I mean? And when I'm when you you give us this platform, this opportunity, I'm talking directly to my brothers, even though I'm talking to you on the phone. I know somebody, one of my brothers, is going to hear this, and they need a male perspective. That man, you know. It's a great thing to be married to a woman. It's a great thing to share a natural birth. They need to hear that. Uh, challenge is going to come in life, period. That's not what it's about. It's about the union between a man and a woman, and uh, especially in our community. We need that. And that excitement is in my voice. That's why I'm thankful for the opportunity because sometimes you just feel like you're on an island and you don't get a chance to express yourself. So uh, I'm very excited today to, to um, share my thoughts and uh, views and my experience with you. So thank you for this, this platform. Wow. Amen. (laughs) And I do appreciate you sharing that, hon, because I think maybe a lot of men don't know their role in this whole birth process of like, oh, the women got it. I don't really know your position and how can you help? Right, right, right. It comes to you day by day. You don't know, you know, at all. You don't really, because like when I had my first child, I was 19. I didn't know how to be a parent, you know what I mean? But your intention It'll guide you. You know what I mean? If you got good intention for your child, you know you want to be a good parent, you will be a good parent. Same thing with natural birth. I didn't know nothing about what was going to happen. We didn't know. I mean, I had thoughts about, you know, man, what if, I don't know, what if the baby don't come out? You know, what? You know, all kinds of things, but you just work through it. You got to trust the fact that this is how it's been done for centuries, way before we existed. So, <laughs> You can trust in that if you need any help getting through it. You know what I mean? Right. Millions of uh, women and still doing it in, in worse conditions. You know, in the jungle, who, who knows? Woods. I mean, you just, ain't no telling. I mean, it's, it's okay. God made you that way. You'll be fine. 
Okay. Shayla, would you please tell us about the birth of Sinai, Nairobi? Sure. Um, it was an amazing experience um, giving birth to her. Um, she was six pounds. <laughs> so she was a little lighter than her sister. Her sister was eight pounds. But um, this particular birth, it, it seems like it was so smooth, the way everything flowed around me prior to the birth. Um, I remember uh, having contractions the night of the 13th of August, and I noticed they started coming a little frequent. I didn't know how she was going to come this time. Um, with my first birth, to compare a little bit, it was different. Um, so I didn't have started off with contractions first or water breaking or anything like that. And neither did I did this time. This time it was just contractions. Um, my water didn't break until I got into the pool of water and started to, you know, do a little bit of pushing and breathing. And that's when it broke. So, but um, leading up to that, it was, the contractions were really strong. And like I said, with just remembering some of my affirmations to breathe, to breathe, to breathe through the contractions. And I remember, okay, so the night that I had the contractions, we were at our in-laws house. And it was about, I would say, 15 minutes away from where we lived, 20 with traffic. We live in Atlanta, so you know how that goes. <laughs> and um, I had my bag packed because I, my two-year-old was supposed to go to my friend's house. This is our plan. Just in case I went into labor, she was on call. And something told me when we left the house to go to my in-laws, something said, bring that bag with you. I knew I was close in time, but I didn't know it was going to happen. I brought the backpack that was already packed for her, not knowing that I was going to go into labor. And, I, and even when I had my contractions close in time, I didn't think that I was going into active labor. I just thought, okay, this is going to subside and I'll be fine and I can sleep through the night. So when I called my midwife to let her know that, oh, baby, <laughs> excuse me. Okay. <laughs> so when I called her, I called my midwife immediately to let her know that the contractions were coming a little frequent. And she was like, okay, well, let me know when you start getting back over to the house and we will be on our way. And I'm thinking to myself like, oh, okay, this is, this is it. <laughs> I guess this is it. Cause I didn't think she was going to come on over. It's about, 11 o'clock maybe going over getting into midnight almost I didn't think that she was gonna head on over and so once we dropped um, my two-year-old two off to my friend's house we went on home contacted my midwife again let her know we were on our way contraction started kicking up a little bit I think maybe about three to five minutes and so it was getting real um, she actually was there before us, and she lived all the way in Conyers, Georgia. If you live in Georgia, and you know where Conyers is, to East Point, that's far. So I don't know how, and I was in Jonesboro, Riverdale area. Yeah. So I don't know how she made it to our house before we got there. <laughs> I don't know. Superwoman made it. And so that's when we started getting in action, started getting everything together, um, started putting everything on the bed that needs to go on the bed and getting our towels together and just kind of just flowing. I'm just sitting here breathing through my contractions. Um, she had an assistant there who was there at my first birth. So I was comfortable with her being there again at my second birth. She was there, very supportive, um, going through this whole process with me as well. Once they filled the tub up with water, um, they decided to go ahead. Once my contraction started to get a little intense, um, she decided to say, okay, it's time to get in the water. Um, I don't remember how long it was before like, I oh, got in the water, and then I decided. Yeah, about 15 minutes. 15, 20. We, by the time you got in the water? Water to give an actual birth. Yeah. It was about an hour, maybe. 
I think maybe about an hour and a half into yeah. the water, I'm thinking how fast it I um, actually fully gave birth yeah. to her um, at 6.48 a.m. And so I know it sounds kind of choppy, but um, I just had to think about what exactly what we did. It was It was so exciting and overwhelming with joy. But I just remember the moment being peaceful. Um, my my midwife did not do any pulling or tugging. I didn't have to do any like serious straining or anything. Um, the method this time was to breathe her out. Mm-hmm. And so when she said that before I even gave birth, she's like, "Nope, this time you're gonna breathe her out." And I'm like, "Dang, what does that mean?" I was like, "That's a." That's a cold piece. If you talk about breathing a child out of your womb, like that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And when I when I did it, it was so so empowering. Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe that I actually did it because with my first birth, and I keep going back to my first one because I try to do things the same way, but you just don't. It's different. Your mindset's different. Everything is different, and. I tried to have a water birth with her, but I didn't. I ended up having my first one on the bed. But with this one, I intentionally, i it was no other way. I was going to have this baby in the water. And when I did, man, it was amazing. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah, that is amazing. Not only... You know- <laughs> Was your second birth significantly shorter, (laughs) but you know, you had her in the water, you breathed her out. That is, that is inspiring. And I I also feel like it wouldn't have been a Georgia birth without running around all of North Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) Like you have to be fighting traffic for it to be a legitimate, you know, Metro Atlanta experience. Exactly. Wow. It was so amazing. Like, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So Mm -hmm. I have a question. When, so when the placenta came down and this is for the first time and the second time, who cut the cord or did you do a lotus birth? My first time I did do a lotus birth. The second time I was a little disappointed. I wanted to do the lotus birth, but we made a decision um, since my two-year-old was very active, we didn't want to have any accidents of her snatching the umbilical cord out accidentally or prematurely. Mm-hmm. So this time we uh, we cut the clamp. Um, did you cut the clamp, honey, or did no? No, no, I didn't cut the clamp. Okay, our midwife cut the clamp. Mm-hmm. I, I cut the umbilical cord and clamped it. So yeah. And what did you decide to do with the placenta? Um, we actually kept our placenta in, um, we, we kept both of our placentas and the plan is to, um, put it in the plant. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah. I want to plant it. Yeah. Um, I did not decide to encapsulate, um, after speaking with my midwife about encapsulating placentas, um, she made a good point because the placenta is the place where all of the waste from the baby and everything is there. So it's like, why replenish and put that back into your body? So she made a good point. And I was like, yeah, that is true. We, why would we do that? And then if you're nursing, you're feeding that back into the baby as well. So we decided not to encapsulate and decided to just keep the placentas, freeze them. And then once it's time to plant, we'll plant them. I'm always interested in in um, the placenta part because people definitely do have different philosophies about placenta and whether or not it's safe or 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 um, whether or not it's safe or beneficial to consume it. And so I want to get into a habit. I'm like trying to remind myself to ask uh, my guests <laughs> what they did with theirs. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is so <laughs> cool. I never thought to um, to you know use that as like plant um fertilizer or just yeah that seems really maybe there's like a better word for fertilizer (laughs) and I would have never thought to to put it in a plant yeah (laughs) 
And then, you know, when you do think about the placenta, you know, when you're giving birth in the hospital, where are they taking your placenta? What are they doing with that? You know, are they making new vaccines? Are they testing? Are they using your cord for cord blood? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I kept getting emails and phone calls from this place called Family Cord out in California. I had no clue where they got this information from, my information, personal information. I got those too. Me. You did too? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Asking week, me about cord blood. Yeah, every week it was like, do you want to save your baby's cord blood? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not doing this. No. But it's funny, I never got it with Maya, but with Sanai, I did. So I don't know where that information was getting, you know, social media probably passing our data on somewhere to somebody, third party, probably, you know, I don't know. I just was wondering, I always wondered like, okay, well, where are they taking our placenta and what to do? Because that's a part of our body as well. And so, you know, you want to keep that with yourself. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. So Isaiah, were there any other um, moments from this most recent birth that you f- you feel like you want to um, share with us or, or comment on that were significant to you? Um, well, the, ta- the, the, the opportunity I had to film it, I think, was just overwhelming because once I filmed it and showed it to a few family members and friends, they were, they were in tears. And... Um, I think that I didn't get a chance to film Maya's. I was in the water with Shayla. And then um, with this one, I was able to film it. So to see Shayla breathe it out, um, I think that was the most significant. And the fact that, I'll be honest, um, from a man perspective, I felt good about providing for my family in this situation um, in terms of make sure my wife had what she needed to feel comfortable before she gave birth. And um, that was very important, you know, so um, that was pretty much it. It was just the filming and the fact that I was secure with um, what I did and my part I played for the birth for her. So that was it. Wow. Yeah. So what would be, what would be, for this is a question for both of you. What would be your advice or your words of wisdom that you would like to pass on to any family that's considering birthing at home? Uh, Trust your instinct. Uh, Trust who you are. Um, And your intuition, for a woman, definitely for the intuition. And for a man, um, you know, trust. It's really just trusting, I would say. Because I believe all of us, uh, no matter what we do, we always get the voice that comes to us and tell us that we're on the right path. But sometimes we ignore it because we've been trained to think a certain way and to accept a certain thing uh, in this society. But the main thing is just trust. Trust your instinct. Mm-hmm. It will never. It will never fail you. It will never fail you because it's natural. I totally agree. Trusting your body as a as a female, as a woman, trusting your body, trusting your intuition like he said um even if you do research um because you know research out there may deter you from doing what you already know um talking to people things like this the podcast listening to things like this are those that have actually experienced giving natural birth talking to women that have already done this before um, you might even talk to your grandmother who has done this before. A lot of people have been born at home, but sometimes still are for the hospital birth. And it's so scary in the hospitals because it's like, uh, why are black women three to four times likely to die during childbirth or other child-related causes than white women? And I'm sure we've heard of those statistics before, but it's like, why? What is going on? Why are we dying more during our childbirth time? Like just trusting, just taking your body back. Because when we go to the doctors, no offense against doctors and what they practice, but a lot of the doctors, this is westernized 
medicine. This is the westernized way of learning and, and teaching. That's not how, that's not who we are. That's not what we know. It's not for us. That westernized way of teaching and um, the way we take care of our bodies, that's not the same. So, and nothing against that, but it, when we go there, we're giving them the power over our bodies. We're giving them the okay to say, okay, you can go ahead and tell me whatever I need to do with my body. But instead of us tapping into who we truly are already inside of us and being confident and knowing, okay, I'm fine. I'm going to be okay. Putting back the positivity back into our mental. I'm going to be fine. My child is not going to die during birth, giving natural birth. They die more in the hospital than they do naturally at home. This is the safest place. It's chaotic in the hospital, lights, cameras, action going on in the hospital. Baby is born into chaos and not into peace, love, security, assurance. They're not born into that sometimes. And I just think that we need to, as women, especially as black women, and I know this is our audience here that we're speaking to, we're speaking to all women, but mainly our black women, we have to be able to take back our bodies because we're giving them too much. Putting this epidural in our bodies, medicine, this medication that's tearing us up, we got to stop that. We have to be more conscious enough, you know, and then what we're putting into our bodies with the food, we have to be more conscious because reality, we, we, we are golden. And I believe society knows that, who we are. We're kings and queens. We're special. We're spiritual beings. And they're trying to kill us off. But that's not going to happen. So I just think that we need to take it back to what we know and, and consciously, you know, make, it, make a choice, make a decision, you know, to, to bring that back to who we already were. This is in our DNA. So it just, it hurts when you see, no offense, women given natural birth, um, but you see majority of other cultures and races given natural birth and being so comfortable and freely with given natural birth. But when you talk to us, oh, no, honey, I'm not doing that. That's not for me. I need that epidural. Now you're not even trusting who you are, and, and it, it just kind of hurts. It's like this is who we. This is what do you think our ancestors did before these hospitals? First of all, we weren't even accepted into the hospitals. Yeah, that's true. And now that we are, we're so all in. Come on, now we got to take it back. We just need to take it back. That's all. <laughs> Amen. You telling you truth telling right now. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we, we definitely need to, we definitely need to take it back. And I think, you know, I really appreciate, again, you, you both being here and, and, and embarking on this journey with me, because I do, I do think that we as, we as black women and black, you know, families, black men, black children, you know, we can really benefit from taking it back, taking our bodies back, going back to natural going back to the ways of our ancestors. And I, I think that's exactly why I created this, this program because there, there was a lack of, I, I noticed when I was pregnant and I was planning a home birth, there was a lack of representation and it was really hard to find stories of black women giving birth at home, you know, and the stories that I did find were in other, were, were on other platforms. I didn't exactly talk about the, you know, kind of racial politics, right? <laughs> and so right. I think it's important that we talk about that because that's a real thing. And, and you know, I think we know how to do those conversations justice. So, um, yeah, again, I just wanted to thank you both. And um, if there's, unless there's anything else that you wanted to add to the to the conversation, Isaiah or Shayla, um, I think we're good to go here. I think I think what you said was beautiful and I think you've, you've inspired me. So I know you're going to inspire um, the listeners too. Yeah. Thank you. So Thank much. you so much, Isis. We really appreciate it. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Thank you so much for listening to 
this episode of Homecoming. I really hope that you learned something and that you feel affirmed. You can find Shayla's affirmations posted in the show notes on our website, www.homecomingpodcast.com. I really loved how Isaiah reminds us that affirmations are provisions for our behavior and positive speech and positive self-talk is so important. It's important that we practice mindfulness and awareness and bring consciousness to all that we do, including birth. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Homecoming. Follow us on Instagram at Homecoming Podcast. Please visit our website at www.homecomingpodcast.com for more information about our featured guests and experts and how to donate to keep the show going.